tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hearing or crying, Kumasi, we are on love 99.5 FM. Affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions, we are on A1 Radio in Bogatanga, Fafa Radio in Tujelolo, New FM in Hohoi. We're live on X Spaces, we're on Facebook, we're live on myjoyonline.com. The midday news is sponsored by Petrol Soul, your clean fall in full quantity. Petrol Soul is always a delightful experience. Also brought to you by Dura Plus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC and HDP pipes and water tank. We are the only water storage tank with a level indicator, and where Dura Plus goes, water always flows. This afternoon, Chief State Attorney Samuel Nekwetete debarred over unexplained 400,000 cities transfer into his wife's account from Alfred Agbashiwoyome. We have details of the General Legal Council orders him not to hold himself out as a lawyer. Also this afternoon. When is it meant to general election? What do, I, what do you want to achieve? I don't know. I don't believe there can be any massive thing in the direction of the government that... Former Chief of Staff Kojom Pieni questions the timing and the relevance of the ministerial reshuffle undertaken by President Akufado. But this afternoon, we are learning about the motivation behind the decision to shake up the government. Many complaints that we have had as a party has been the concern that when people uh, bring their issue to some ministers, when they want to see some ministers, they are unable to see them, they are unable to address their issues. We'll tell you why the roads minister was moved and also take a look at the tenure of former finance minister Ken Furieta, who got the sack yesterday, a seven-year tenure of Ilevi, IMF and Kinky parties. I recommend him very strongly to the parliament for approval as the next finance minister of Ghana. That is Mr. Ken Furieta. We are not going to the IMF. Whatever we do, we are not. We are by this medium communicating our strong desire that the president change the minister of finance we're live in Parliament where the Bodhi MP is raising constitutional issues with a reshuffle. Also, high cost of import duty frustrates the Ghana Health Service from clearing locked-up HIV antiretroviral drugs as the service warns of an impending pandemic if government does not step in. This is life-saving. If we actually lift our foot off the pedal, what will happen is we're building a reservoir of HIV drug resistance strains. That will be more difficult to treat. So we don't want a second epidemic. Also, pressure mounts on Kolebu Teaching Hospital's renal dialysis unit as funding shortfall in per service delivery. People are concerned about their relatives who are sick. I understand that people are concerned that if a relative doesn't get treatment, he or she may die. I understand all that. But the other truth of the matter is that if we don't pay realistic prices, the unit collapses and nobody gets treatment. The sports. Majority Chief Whip Frank Anodompre calls for government interference in football despite the risk of FIFA ban. And this year's Valentine's Day celebration will be etched in history as the moment Joy FM's listener, Newman Nyamiche Aklamenu, got the opportunity to pop the question to the love of his life, Janet Odedanso, at the Labadi Beach Hotel. Found the love. That's and more in this afternoon's edition of the Midday News. I am MFA Apau. This is your home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. Please do stay on for details.
Many thanks for your company. And a chief state attorney at the office of the Attorney General, Samuel Nekwetete, has been disbarred as a lawyer by the General Legal Council for collecting 400,000 CDs from businessman Alfred Agbeshiwoyome in 2011. Mr. Nekwetete in 2012 was arrested by the police during investigations into the payment of 51.2 million CD judgment debt to Mr. Woyome. A statement from the General Legal Council debarred him, meaning he could never practice as a lawyer again in Ghana. Legal Affairs Correspondent Richard Kujunyaku joins me in studio with more of what we are learning. First, let's look at the statement from the General Legal Council. Well, so the statement from the General Legal Council indicate that on the 23rd of November 2023, an order was made by the General Legal Council for Samuel Nekwetete's name to be struck off the role of lawyers in Ghana. So he was charged by the GLC and convicted on one count of the legal profession, professional conduct and etiquette rules. So count one indicates that that he, as a lawyer and a chief state attorney, having acted as counsel for the state in the case of Alfred Agwesi Woyomi versus the Attorney General and another, has an amount of 400,000 Ghana CD transferred directly from Mr. Alfred Agwesi Woyomi into the bank account of his wife, Mrs. Gifty Nekwetete, on 16 June 20, 2011, without any reasonable explanation, a conduct or act that adversely affect the dignity and high standing of the legal profession. Hmm. Now, let's go about the background to this particular development. Well, so we know that Mr. Samuel Nekwetete uh, in 2011 was a chief state attorney when businessman Alfred Agbesiwayomi was being prosecuted over the payment of 51.2 million judgment debt. You remember the payment of this judgment that generated a public uproar and he was said to have been involved in the negotiations which led to the first settlement of more than 41 million Ghana cities. So the report by Yoko stated that Mr. Nekwetete concluded that the government did not have a defense and therefore did not fire one. Okay, but you've been finding out, you've been trying to reach uh, Mr. Nekwetete himself and uh, Mr. Woyome. What has been the response so far? Well, so I've been unsuccessful with that. I've been placing calls, but I've not gotten any response. But these were the orders uh, from the General Legal Council that he should not hold himself out as a lawyer or attend chambers or render or purport to render any professional legal advice to the public. Second, his practicing license has has been redrawn forthwith. Okay. Mm. That's um, head of our legal affairs desk here, uh, Richard Kujunyaku. They're providing updates on this, and as and when we get more, we'll bring that to you. And there's more of that story also on myjoyonline.com. And another reason why you can't miss the law this Sunday will give you details of everything that you need to know when it comes to this particular issue. It's at 2 p.m. on the Joy News Channel with Samson Ladi Anyenene. Now, the timing and relevance of President Akufado's latest ministerial reshuffle that saw 19 ministers removed continue to attract attention. Stalwart of a party, Kwejumpieni, who also served as chief of staff to former President Kufo, is unconvinced about the timing. He tells Evans Benz from PM Express that the new appointees will have no influence due to the limited time available before the next election. Is it the right time to have this reshuffle? That's my only concern. Otherwise, it is a president's prerogative. He decides what he wants to do with his government. If he believes the changes will help him to achieve his Fine. If you go ahead and do that. But I am thinking eight months, eight months to an election without having any effect on the direction of government, I don't know. Maybe the president knows. Hello, Mr. Pini. Yes. Well, what is wrong with the timing? You said that is the problem. What is wrong with it? You see, you have eight months to an election. Uh, some of these are new, completely new. 
maybe you get them in place maybe by the end of the month for the middle of next month. How are they going to be able to learn what, know what is within the ministry to enable them maybe direct the ministry in a way maybe the president wants them to do now? That's the timing I'm talking about. When it says to general election, what do, I, what do you want to achieve? I don't know. I think it's too close to the election, and I don't believe uh, there will be. I, I don't. I don't believe they can. They, they can affect. There can be any any massive change in the direction of the government that. That's former Chief of Staff Kajun Pianida speaking on PM Express with Evans Mensa. We'll get to hear from Minister-Designate, that's the Information Minister-Designate, Fatih Abubakar, on the same show. Uh, but we are getting to know the reasons behind the President's reshuffle. Joining us is learning the unfriendly posture of some of the ministers was a major factor. General Secretary of the NPP, Justin Kudia Frimpon, says the conduct of some of the former ministers was impacting negatively on the party. Policies are about human management. It's about your relations, uh, your relationship with, uh, with, with those that you work with, your key stakeholders. Many complaints that we have had as a party has been the concern that when people uh, bring their issue to some ministers, when they want to see some ministers, they are unable to see them, they are unable to address their issues. So if they are getting new faces who open their doors to listen to concerns of, of various stakeholders and can take steps to address those concerns for them. It goes way to, positive, to positively affect the chances and fortunes of our party. If you are a road contractor, if you're a businessman, and your work has halted because you have not received your, your, your needed funds to, to proceed, and you have a new roads minister who can facilitate for you to get your mobilization or to get your funds to go on the, to go back to site to work, won't you be happy? And that one wouldn't have to take 10 months before you see results, 10 months. You'll be making a mistake. Let's understand that their roles are different, their ministries are different, and their expectations are also different. In any case, the Constitution gives power to the President to make appointment as and when he deems fit until uh, uh, January 7, 2025. And the President is doing so based on how he perceives the economy, based on the new ideas that he wants to see in the economy. Well, that's the General Secretary of the NPP, Justin Kodia Frimpo. We can now hear from Information Minister-designates Fatima to Abubakar. She says she's ready to work despite the limited time. At the pleasure of uh, the presidents that we've served in successive governments, it can be two days to elections. Uh, we've had times where appointments have been made even after the person's tenure and before handover. So if at any point in time the president deems it necessary uh, to make such appointments or even change people per the constitution um, stipulates, he doesn't even need to give reasons why certain people are removed or some changes are made. But in our peculiar situation at the Ministry of Information, let me remind you that Honorables like Tete or Sylvester, as you will call him, he has been the vice chair of the communications committee in parliament whilst I was serving as deputy minister. And we've collaborated with the committee so well. But when will these minister-designates be vetted, knowing that changes have been made to the standing orders of parliament, which affects the various committees and its membership? We can hear from the chairman of the appointments committee, Jose Usu. If you take any ministry, for example, uh, if you take the uh, local government, the local government is a new a nominee. Mm -hmm. no. The 
chairman of the Kuntu Local Governance Executive, the ranking member and executive will join the appointment committee when it comes to the vetting of the minister. Mm. When we finish with the local governance, that those people will leave. And maybe if we come to gender, the minister for gender's consideration, then the committee on gender, the chairman and ranking, the deputy chairman and vice chairman and deputy ranking will join in. Well, Ken Ufurieta uh, was a polarizing figure in Ghana's politics. And the fi former finance minister divided opinion in his own party was his seven-year tenure rocked with a considerable amount of controversies. The former banker and co-founder of Data Bank was at the helm of affairs in the finance ministry for nearly a decade, the longest of any finance minister. Having been sacked, my colleague Kwekua Sante takes a look back at some key moments in his tenure. I believe he's exactly the right man to lead our country's economic revival that is mr ken the soft-spoken bible quota and all-white wearing ken ofuriata assumed the reins as finance minister in 2017 just months into his tenure he was rocked with conflict of interest allegations and the issuance of government bonds ken ofuriata had a rocky but relatively stable first term much of his troubles began when he was reappointed in 2021 ken ofuriata fell ill his situation was so worse that 2021 budget was read by majority leader of Men Sabonsu. The economy takes a nosedive with skyrocketing inflation, high interest rate, and general economic hardship. The current state of our debt has a lot to do with the lingering effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, the Russian-Ukraine war. Despite excruciating economic challenges, Ken Ufuriata, with the backing of the president, splashed public funds on lofty plans of constructing a national cathedral. When the economic situation does not improve, Ken has to think outside the box. What does he do? He abolishes road tools and introduces the unpopular and controversial e-levy, which many have said was the beginning of his end. He declared then that the country was never going to return to the International Monetary Fund. We are not going to the IMF. Whatever we do, we are not. Ghana now swallows its pride and applies to the IMF for a bailout. Kenneth Furiata remains in office. Now MPs from his own party, close to 100 of them, have had enough and in an unprecedented move, demanded his dismissal. We are by this medium communicating our strong desire that the president change the minister of finance the opposition in parliament then files a motion to censure him. Ken Oforiata miraculously survives all these attempts to remove him. To raise more revenue, Ken Oforiata introduces a debt exchange program, a program so unpopular it drove a former chief justice to the streets in protest. It's rude, it's wicked, it's unlawful. But after seven years, Ken Oforiata's cap becomes full. His cousin, the president, succumbs to pressure and sacks him. Well, let's head to Parliament because NDC, NDC MP for Bodhi Samson, and he says the president's latest reshuffle may be unconstitutional as it does not include any person from the Western North region. The only person in government who hailed from the Western North was Minister for Environment, Dr. Kwekwe Friye, but was sacked in yesterday's reshuffle. Correspondent Kwekwe Sante uh, joins us on the line with more. So, Kwekwe, does Samson, uh, he say what he would do if the president does not heed to his demand? 
whatever um, something that he wants to give the president a chance to rectify what he cons- considers a constitutional aberration. He believes it's important that the Western North must be represented at the highest level of the executive. For you to announce cabinet ministers and their deputies, and as it stands now, we don't have anybody to represent us from the Western North region on the cabinet level, and also deputy ministers. But the constitution enjoins the president to consider regional balance when imposing this uh, cabinet. And so we are not happy. The chiefs and elders, people of the Western North are not happy. We want to believe that the president in the coming days will rectify this uh, mistake. Well, quickly, let's stay a while longer in Parliament because the minority has other concerns. They are not enthused about the continuous absence of NPP MPs from the House. Why? Yes, at the start of sitting today, there were just about 15 NPP MPs on the floor. And to make matters worse for the minority leadership, the transport minister, who was also expected to answer about 15 questions, was also absent. According to Kwame Gavin Sabuja, who is the minority chief whip, if the NPP MPs and their ministers are tired, they should simply resign. As you speak, the majority side, led today by the deputy majority leader, Honorable Fenyo Martin, and 17 member majority. Only 17. If we add you before it will be 18. The question is, the ministers won't come. The members won't come. What is happening? If they don't want to be in government again, as I said the other day, they can all resign. They can resign. There's, there's nothing in the constitution which says that you must necessarily be there for, the, for, for four years. It's up to four years. They can resign today. Because we can't have a look at that. And there was a response from the majority. Yes, the majority leadership, um, uh, Gavin, uh, Senior Markin, I should say, responded by saying that the NDC should also look internally because they've elected a flag bearer who has not even appointed a running mate yet. Honorable Akboja makes a political statement that if this government is not ready, she'll resign. That, 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 that's a good political statement. But you don't have the full complement of your leadership. You elected your flag bearer several months ago. He's not been able to. Well, quick update us. What else is happening in Parliament today? Well, MPs are delivering statements on the extinction of Ghanaian languages. MPs are furious that there are so many schools across the country that are beating students for speaking quote unquote vernacular. Some has been talking about his constituency where at the time he assumed office there were just two teachers who used to teach the Gadangwe language. And these are concerns that MPs want the education ministry and an education service to take pretty seriously. That's a parliamentary affairs correspondent, Kweku Asante, taking us out of parliament. Now, the Ghana Health Service is warning of a looming danger if government fails to step in to address difficulties the service is facing in clearing HIV antiretroviral drugs at the Temaport. Out of the 355,000 Ghanaians affected by HIV, less than half are on treatment, but delays in providing them timely drugs are affecting their health and well being. Programs manager for the National AIDS and Sexuality Transmitted or Sexually Transmitted Disease. At the Ghana Health Service, Dr. Stephen Aisi Ado tells my colleague Elton Broby on the polls on the Joy News Channel that the Ghana Revenue Authority is insisting on cash and carry before they can clear the drugs. It's because uh, if a clearing agent has a challenge with uh, pre-financing to clear, because we only pay the global firm only pay mm-hmm. if um, if, it's uh, if it's cleared, we cannot. Yeah, ahead of time. Ahead of time, yeah. For increases in also the charges at mm. the port. Yeah, of course. And for every uh, planning, forecasting, there's a proportion of the commodity that is that goes into clearing charges. 
But it's been, there's been a significant escalation of the pricing for clearing, the amount for clearing. So what is even allocated in our budget is lower than what is required but, now. For the clearing. And, that and, is and you don't have any waiver from the Minister of Finance? So that is the discussion the now. We are supposed to get the waiver through the Minister of Finance from Parliament to waive. But despite all the waivers, there are some taxes. So then. That AU tax, ECOWAS tax, and we hear that it's above the Parliament. Mm. And so the discussion now is how do we go send another legislation to make that possible so that we have a blanket waiver for all the commodities. Well, there's another challenge. Those who are on antiretroviral medication stigma is a major barrier. Antiretroviral therapy has really been of great help, has sustained many persons living with HIV over the years. However, the greatest challenge to people remaining on treatments is stigma. And we realize that um, the first reaction to getting a positive diagnosis was, how can I, how can I live with it? What will people say? How will they react to me? We internalizing all the negative things about persons living with HIV that we've had. And then we well, in a related development, the renal dialysis unit at the Kolibu Teaching Hospital is once again under pressure as the unit is unable to raise money to purchase consumables for service delivery. The unit was forced to shut down last year, sparking public outcry as dialysis patients face an uncertain end uh, to their lives. According to the head of the unit, Professor Vincent Boyman, with very every dialysis session, uh, the unit loses 380 Ghana cities, which is accumulating as debt. Professor Boyman says the situation is now affecting service delivery and may lead to another shutdown. Currently, you already know that the government has access to recharging 380 Ghana cities each session and each time you dialyze one person at 380, you lose another 380 because the actual cost is more than twice what the patients are paying now. So we are actually um, uh, incurring costs which is not being paid for, which is half of uh, what they are c currently paying for. And this is going to impact on how we get our consumables to continue dialyzing them. And the service we provide in general in the unit is really going to impact on it because we may not have enough funds to provide a needed service at the standard that is. Well, at the renal dialysis unit of the Cape Coast Teaching Hospital, patients there are calling on the government to subsidize dialysis services to ease the burden on them. It has been so difficult. Life has been so difficult. The cost involved and all other things put it together. It's not easy at all. It's not easy. Yes. So we are pleading on the government to do something about it. We we, we heard some time ago that um, the government wants to infuse it with the health insurance. Yes. We are we are waiting on the government. It shouldn't be mere rhetorics. Um, it should be implemented. Renowned dialysis patients, they're taking us on a quick break here on the Midday News, live on Joy 99.7 FM in Accra, in Kumasi on Love 99.5 FM. It's made possible by Petrosol, your clean fall in full quantity. Duraplus Ghana Limited, where Duraplus goes, water always flows. We've been talking about the Department of um, Chief State Attorney Samuel Nekwe Tete uh, over unexplained 400,000 cities transfer into his wife's account from Alfred Agbeshi Oyome. We'll return from the break with sport and then this 
this year's Valentine's Day celebration will be etched in history as the moment Joy FM's listener, Newman Yamiche Aklameno, got the opportunity to pop the big question of love to his love, love of his life. Staying with us, let's do sports. Thank you very much, MFA. And then uh, the Majority Chief Whip Frank Anodompre has urged the government to interfere in the running of football, even if it leads to a ban from FIFA. Now, countries such as Nigeria and Zimbabwe have faced sanctions from the World Football Governing Body due to government interference. However, the Member of Parliament welcomes the possibility of a ban if it will aid in reforming the sport. We must be humble enough to accept that there is something wrong with the running of our senior national team, the Blasters. There is something definitely wrong with that. Now, and I hear all the statements about reform and reform. I hear my colleague, Yonabu Suhini, being very loud, very, very clear. It cannot just be any reform at all. Yes, I agree there should be some reform. But we must be specific on what we want to do. So because I dare say that even if, even if we have to interfere to attract the sanction of FIFA, we've heard about that. If we interfere in football administration, FIFA is going to sanction us. And what? If that is what we should come to, if push come to shove, we must do it to safeguard the sports. This is all we have. Mm. Yeah, before I go, the latest FIFA World Rankings uh, is out. The Black Stars now occupy the 67th position globally mm. and 14th in Africa. And they've been overtaken by the likes of Cape Verde and South Africa. Can wow, you imagine? Look. Mubarak, <laughs> thank you. Well, now, on February's most iconic day at the Labadi Beach Hotel, love cast its spell. Two loyal listeners of Joy FM expressed their affection to one another. With expenses met, dinner spread wide, their hearts intertwined in love's sweet tide. But let my words not steal the show. My colleague, Jacqueline and Sumayabwa, walks us through the magic of what happened at the proposal on Joy Night. Found the love. At the enchanting Labadi Beach Hotel in Accra, where love was first mingled with the waves, a captivating love story took center stage. Someone has carried to propose to his beloved Janet Oday Danso. That I can start again and get it right this time. With this reason, in the multitude of the people, I want to ask you, will you marry me? With heart fluttering and smiles as radiant as the sun, the delighted couple could hardly contain their joy. It's been a wonderful day, a day I will never forget. I'm so happy. I don't know, like, and I'm, I'm surprised. I, 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 you can still see that. <sighs> the air is thick with anticipation as the wedding bells may soon shine. Newman graciously shares his plans for the big day. We are thinking about October and December. Wow! Either her birthday, her birthday is December, and my birthday is October. So we decide one of them. Well, the day after, the bride-to-be is still basking in the light of yesterday's evening. Morning after my big proposal, I'm, I'm happy. 